It's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, This is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. I am your host, Gary Mack, and I hope you all had a great couple of weeks out there. I was on the uh, injured list last week as I had an infection in my leg and uh, could not do the show. So, um, But back this week, all healthy, ready to go. And get back with it. Um, I hope the Mets get out of this funk that's in. They, they've been playing about 500 ball the last few weeks, uh, except Houston, uh, who's been a particular thorn on this side. They went to Houston for two games last week and got swept. Houston is here this week. They beat the Mets badly last night and are in uh, play right now as we record this podcast. And it was nothing, nothing in the uh, going into the bottom of the fifth. So pitches duel out at City Field so far today uh, as we record this podcast. Uh, Carlos Carrasco was suddenly run into problems his last couple of starts. He was taken out with a back issue. He said he couldn't complete his uh, pitches. Uh, Back tightness, they said. But uh, whatever the uh, state of his back, he's failed to complete five innings in three of his last four starts. And in the four starts, he's given up 27 hits and 19 earned runs while allowing six home runs. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is struggling at third base, not so much defensively, but offensively. Uh, hit, he's down to like... Uh, 231, 221 now, and um, just just not making contact at all. The last couple of series, he's, he's at like 105. He, he's just been awful uh, at the plate. So this could be, uh, you know, a chance. Jeff McNeil is back now, started last night, and with him back at second base, that could mean more playing time for Luis Guillorme at uh, third base now as he could move over there and uh, maybe be in a platoon situation with Escobar. Escobar can play against lefties and Guillaume will play against righties. Because um, uh, Guillaume right now has been hitting better, even though he's slumped a little bit recently, but um, still better than what Escobar has been doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jacob DeGrom threw another batting practice session, uh, session and came out okay. And this could, uh, you know, um, next stop could be a rehab assignment for him. 
And uh, once he gets a couple of them in his belt, we could see him back in another few weeks or so. Uh, Max Scherzer was scheduled to pitch last night and actually uh, was pushed back a day. He will pitch tonight for Binghamton, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully, he'll come out of it. He came out of the last one a little sore. That could mean a lot of things. It could be inactivity, uh, you know, it could be still not 100%, whatever. But they were cautious. They pushed him back. And we'll see what the results are um, tomorrow. Uh, but keep an eye on the news for that one. And and let's face it, the Mets have struggled a little bit lately, and they still maintain a lead. Um Let's see. They still got that uh, four-game lead over Atlanta, so uh, they are hanging in there. Of course, they've been five and five over their last ten, and uh, the Braves went six and four, so they cooled off a little bit. The Phillies cooled off. They've been five and five over the last ten as well, and they remain eight games back. So. Um, you know, um, the Mets just right now are not matching up with some of these better teams. One being Houston. Houston has demolished them. I mean, it, it's not even. I mean, <laughs> it was nine to one last night, and the other in Houston last week. It was there was a couple of big scoring games. So Houston is really taking it to the Mets pitching staff so far. So. Know, that could change when, when Scherzer and the uh, Grom get back. But it's a big but. You know, we they we have to hope they get back and, and are healthy and can get through the rest of the season. The Mets have to do a few things at the trading deadline. They're gonna have to try to strengthen the the uh, bullpen, especially the back end of it. Uh, Drew Smith and Ottavino have been very good, and uh, um, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name now. Uh, Holdeman is hurt. He was good when he was here, but the back end, Lugo's been up and down. DS has been great. Got to be honest about that. Diaz has been terrific. Lugo's been up and down. Uh, Rodriguez and Shreve, the lefties out there, have struggled. I mean, you know, it. it <laughs> you got to be honest. Uh, they've struggled. Um, you know, so that leaves Williams is more of a long guy. Uh, and... Uh, so the Mets need to pick up a good, solid setup man or late-inning guy to strengthen their bullpen at the, uh, at the uh, trading deadline. They also have to do something about the DH spot. The Mets, are, really, it's been a barren spot between D, uh, J.D. Davis and whoever else uh, they put in there. Over the course of the season, uh, now when Alonzo, Alonzo at the beginning of the year when he would he would uh, DH, he was doing well. But uh, they've got him playing pretty much every day now. So between JD Davis has been uh, quite a bit been the uh, 
designated hitter. He's just not getting the job done right now. So um, will the Mets look for a known designated hitter? Will they bring up somebody? Uh, could they bring up Vientos and put him in that role? Could they bring up Alvarez and tell him, forget catching for this year. Uh, you're going to be at the DH and uh, we'll work you into the catching. Um you know, there's a, there's a lot of machinations that could go on, so I'll have to see what they decide to do. And they definitely need to get another starter or two. Uh, not top line. They don't need the top line, guys, but they need bodies, essentially. Um, uh, Peterson, as of late, has done a fine job keeping them in there. Uh, but Carrasco's a uh, question mark now. Uh, Tyler McGill's been transferred to the 60-day IL, which means we won't see him till August sometime. Uh, again, Scherzer and DeGrom are question marks. Um, Taiwan Walker's been pitching really well. He's pitching today. And, uh, you know, but we, we don't know beyond that. Bassett's been okay. Uh, but, you know, he's had some great games and some not-so-great games. So he's kind of iffy right now. And, um, you know, iffy doesn't win you uh, division titles and World Series. So the Mets may have to get some more depth there and pick up a starting pitcher to, to uh, help them out at the uh, deadline. So... We will uh, see what they uh, will decide to do. Let us take a quick break and be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check out my Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. Go check it out and don't forget to call the hotline. That's 516-619-6341. Joining me this week is Mr. Jeff Wilson. He is the host of the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. He also uh, writes and I believe was a founder of the rangerstoday.com blog site. And uh, he is on with me right now. Uh, Jeff, welcome to Mets Musings. I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out, man. Well, this is indeed a strange and different thing for us because, uh, you know, we we don't see the Texas Rangers uh, once every um, 
it almost seems like once every centennial or something you know it's it's a it's a long time in between i think that's going to change next year but right. uh for this year, uh, the Rangers are uh, coming into uh, town and uh, be the first time we see them. I don't know when is the last time. Do you? I th- I think it was 2014, uh, right around Fourth uh, of July. I- I'm pretty sure that was it. And here we are again around the 4th of July. And right. the Rangers coming into town. I think the last time the Mets were in... In Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. And it was, yeah, uh, yeah. So it would have been 17, I guess, if it's the every three year thing. And then, you know, we were the East and, and AL West were supposed to match up for the COVID year, and that got mm-hmm. screwed up, obviously. So they just <laughs> yeah. back on cycle, I guess. But yeah, next year it's going to change. I think we go everywhere once. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Texas, uh, the Rangers, of course, we know that we know that it's George's Bush's team. Uh, the former president had a piece ownership of it. Nolan yeah. Ryan was there, and uh, sure. many other big stars had quite a run in uh, the the '90s, uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, and then kind of fell on hard times and. Uh, this off season, they made a lot of acquisitions and. Uh, just with the acquisitions, we'll get into them a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. what what were the expectations coming into the season as far as the fans were concerned and, and the media was concerned in Texas? Yeah, they were they were definitely heightened. You know, this team lost 102 games last year. Uh, it was hard to watch. I mean, I, it was just terrible. And, and, you know, and then the foreign office kind of admits it now. You know, they're like, yeah, we, there are just some nights that the – weren't competitive and it's true um they they they're still they still say they're in their rebuilding plan i know they went out and spent half a billion dollars on on Corey seager and marcus simeon which did raise expectations you know for for the fan the casual fan they're like oh man we signed these two studs we gotta we gotta go to the world series but the rangers are still trying to develop pitching in the minor leagues they, they still have some guys who they thought needed to take steps forward who played on the team last year. And so they're giving them that chance. So uh, expectations are definitely raised, but if you'd been paying attention, the playoffs were not in their, in, in their minds. You know, the Rangers even said, you know, it's going to be tough to make up 40 games to, to get to the postseason, And um, it, it is going to be tough, but they're playing all right right now. You know, I think they're playing better than, than maybe people expected they would. Yeah. I mean, uh, they started off a little slow and picked it up. They're a game under 500 now, if I'm correct. Uh, yes. Uh, like 10 games out of first. But, you know, Houston was quite is, – is a juggernaut. I mean, we've seen them here the last couple of days, and uh, the, the Mets just can't seem to uh, get through to them yet. Uh, hopefully there's another game today, and they'll be able to do something, at least win one. But yeah. – uh, you know, uh, um, Mets always had a problem with Houston, though. Even going back to 1969 when they won it all, uh, I think the Astros then, who finished like next to last or last, beat them like uh, <laughs> 10 times or something. Oh, so, nice. 
right. you know, it, they've always had a history with Houston. Of course, '86 they had the playoffs sure. with Houston when they defeated them in that uh, that crazy game. Uh, but um, um, getting back to the Rangers now, uh, as we said, they're uh, right around 500. And and as you said, I think people will be surprised by that. Um, everybody had picked, of course, Houston and the Angels right. had improved, but <coughs> excuse me. Uh, now we see the improvement of the Rangers. And uh, what do you think the main area of improvement has been to improve them over last year's team? Well, I think it's the pitching, really, because Seager and Simeon haven't been haven't been great. Um, Martin Perez has been really good. I think he's going to pitch the, the Sunday game. Um, no, nah, maybe he's going to pitch the Saturday game. I can't remember. He's pitching this weekend. Uh, John Gray, <laughs> who pitched two, pitched Tuesday. Uh, you know, he did. He did. He's doing well. He's doing better. He had a rough start with like a blister, and then he hurt his knee. Um, he pitched against the Yankees, I think, in May, and had to leave that start. He was pitching well and, you know, kind of tweaked his knee. Um, but he, he's been doing well. So those two guys have been pretty good. Uh, it's, it's the rest of the guys. And, and it's, it's been hit or miss, as you kind of expect after, after your top two guys. Um, the bullpen's <clears throat> been improved. That, that's been a, a, a plus. And, and then the offense, you know, running hot and cold. But um, Adolis Garcia is a guy that you guys might want to pay attention to. He's, he's riding, a, I think, a 10-game hitting streak going into today. Uh, he was an all-star last year from Cuba. <clears throat> the Cardinals, uh, I think, DFA'd him in the offseason of 19 before 20. And Rangers scooped him up and gave him gave him an opportunity last year. And, and he's really – he's just an exciting player. He's really good defensively, fast, hits for a lot of power. Um, and, and he's kind of come on here of late. So the offense is trending the right way. Uh, but overall, I, I, would, I would say, and strangely for a Texas team, that, that pitching has, has led this – this thing so far yeah it always seems to be the issue with the rangers the pitching even even going back when they had that nice run uh against the playoffs and in the, in the against the yankees all the time mm-hmm. and uh it always seemed to be their relief pitching especially okay. back then was uh, a question uh how was the bullpen this year uh, compared uh, to ha- how it's been in previous seasons? Well, they're a little bit older now. All these guys that, that are, are pitching this year have been um, the last, you know, 2020 and, and 2021 getting their feet wet. And now they've got some some experience. They can get out of jams that, that they get into. Um, there's closers, Joe Barlow, who came up last year. Uh, he's doing pretty well. You know, he, he doesn't. You know, he can get it up to 97, I guess, but kind of a fearless guy, throws a lot of strikes. Uh, Dennis Santana, Brock Burke, who uh, is a left-hander, they're, they're the two primary setup guys. Uh, they both have ERAs about one and a half or lower. So those, those are the three guys to, to keep an eye on. Burke usually goes multiple innings. He pitched Monday. He pitched two innings Monday, so he probably – maybe he pitches today if he's needed. Uh, but he'll be good and rested for the Mets series if not. So I uh, expect to see him once or twice in a close game. Um, but it, it, it's, uh, it's a group that just doesn't have a lot of experience. But, again, more than they've had the past two years, and that's, that's, a, that's a huge difference. I mean, that's, you can say that about any player at any position. It's a huge difference when you get some, get some notches on your belt. 
Right, right. And as we know, bullpens are always kind of funny anyway, you know. You could be terrific uh, one year and stinko the next year, or right. sometimes in the same year they can they can go bad. Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah. uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot with a bullpen. Uh, mentioned before some of the major acquisitions. Uh, of course, I guess the two biggest would be uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Now, Simeon yeah. got off to a sort of a slow start, but as of late, uh, uh, has been playing some real good ball, starting to hit really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Seager, the average isn't there, but the, the power numbers are pretty good. Yeah, he's he's been um, uh, the manager Chris Woodward the the other day called Corey Seager the most unlucky hitter in baseball. Um, you know, if you if you look at if you look at those you know, ex woba and and stuff like that, um, it's over four hundred. You know, and his batting average is in the two two twenty two thirty range. He's hitting a lot of balls hard. Uh, he does he does he does hit the ball over the fence, and that's something that this team has also lacked. But uh, you know, for 500 million you expect a little bit more than than it's you know sub 250 <laughs> average but he i mean he's a great player i mean he, he swings a lot of first pitches very aggressive um doesn't talk a lot to the media i don't know if that's an la thing or what but uh we don't really know him that well simeon we kind of know a little bit uh better um i would say of the two he's more visible for sure and um you know he was uh, he was up front when he was struggling so poorly to start the season, uh, he had a big game earlier this month at Cleveland or a big day and they had a double header and he went seven for eight with three homers and, and he's had a good month. He went three for four on Tuesday night with the three run homer that, that kind of gave the Rangers some breathing room early. So um, they're, they're solid guys though. And, and, you know, the Rangers like the way they play, um, like how they are as teammates, that kind of thing, culture building, if you will. And, uh, so they think they're a fit. And then, you know, and who knows, maybe they feel the pressure of these giant contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seager, for one, hasn't been in the, the American League before. So maybe it's taken him some time to adjust. I don't know. But, um, you know, shoot, we've got uh, Simeon for six more years and Seager signed for nine more years after this. So um, they got, <laughs> they've got time to get better. they got time to adjust. And, and, and Simeon's uh, – he's playing a, a different position, is he? Then he played. He's been playing shortstop, and and now he's playing second base. Right. So. Yeah. He won the Golden Glove last year at uh, second with Toronto, but that was his first year as a second baseman. Right. And, right. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I would expect he would be better. That makes sense. And uh, um, he hadn't he hadn't wowed anybody really defensively yet this year. He had a really good defensive game Tuesday night though, and uh, so you saw glimpses of it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, the, there were five big you know shortstops in the off season, and yeah. the Rangers signed two of them, you know, because everybody thought, well, Marcus Simeon will stand <laughs> somewhere and go play shortstop. That's right. like Trevor's story now is playing second base with Boston. So uh, you never know, but yeah, the Rangers that that was the biggest surprise of the off season, I think, is that they signed two of those guys, and that two it of those really, guys would go to a hundred loss team. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and. Uh, I think uh, Correa signing with the Tigers was uh, oh, the Twins. Yeah, uh, the Twins. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, that that was kind of a shocker because they, you know, they've got a good team, but they're not usually um, the type to offer 
free agent contracts. You know, they're a small yeah. market team, so it's kind of a shocker there. But um, uh, working out know. so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I noticed uh, they also signed uh, probably not as a bigger signing, but they signed Matt Moore, who had. Yeah, you know, comes with a little bit of a reputation. He had a, some good years in Tampa and uh, struggled. And uh, I noticed they're using him mostly in relief now. Yeah, and and he thinks that's that's his role going forward. I mean, you know, it was eleven years ago when when he kind of came under the scene with with Tampa Bay, and he actually shoved it up the Rangers' butts the the first game of the division series that year. <laughs> In 2011, and you know, I think it was six or seven scoreless, and then you know, it was nine to nothing, and the Rangers were, you know, kind of you're like, holy cow, holy cow, they've lost the first game of the division series at home. They ended up winning the next three to win the series, but you know, this was a guy who was the next next big star. Uh, you know that that and that year in eleven with with Trout, who, who who made his debut that year, and Matt Moore, you're like, man, this is a great great class, and then he. Moore had to have Tommy John surgery, and he just never really rebounded. And mm. This is a second stint with the Rangers. He started, man, I think it was 2017, and it didn't go very well. And you know, he he uh, he's bounced around, but it seems like he's kind of found a good role here as a reliever. They worked on his breaking ball. He's got a really good curveball, and he's a, he's another guy who'll work late in games for him. Um, watch out for that breaking ball; it's a pretty good one now. Yeah, yeah. Uh. And where is the power coming from in this lineup? Uh, it, it, you know, we mentioned Corey Seager with the, I think he's got 15 home runs, mm-hmm. but um, no. where is the pure power coming from? Well, I, I, this this month it's been Adolis Garcia. You know, he, he has matched Seager for the team lead. Um, I'm trying to remember, I, I wrote this the other day. He, he either has, I think he has seven, home runs this month. So does uh, Nate Lowe, the first baseman. Uh, but Garcia is kind of um, in the more in the middle of the lineup behind, behind Seager and Simeon, especially, especially against left-handers. Um, he, he, he's a really good clutch player. He late, late in games. He's the guy you want at the plate. Uh, but he, he hasn't homered yet this series against the Royals, but he's, he's had RBI doubles the past two past two games. So, you know, if you're looking for a power threat who isn't named Corey Seager, it's Adolis Garcia. <laughs> and you know, uh, the Texas Rangers. You know, it, it's it's kind of odd in a way because we don't think well here in New York, unless you're a Yankee fan, you don't really think about the American League much. So, uh, and uh, yet when you look at the Texas Rangers and there is a vast amount of history there. It, it's like, um, you know, some people look at the match and say there's no history, but when you when you start to look and think of the players that have come through that organization, it's really quite deep. The You know, you have the new ballpark now. It's what? Is this the second or third year? This that is the it's open? Third season. Third second season, season open yeah. to fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pick the bad year to open up. <laughs> that's the truth. Um, but did people realize uh, that the, 
you know, the history of the organization and uh, how, do they use that in any way to, uh, you know, uh, promote the team? Well, you, good you brought that up because th- this is their 50th year since they moved from Washington. Not their 50th season, but, you know, Bob Short bought the Senators and moved them to Arlington in 1972. And so the Rangers have each month brought back, you know, guys from bygone era. So they, they did the seventies in May. Uh, they've done the, uh, they did the eighties this last weekend. You know, they wear a throwback uniform. They give them, give some fans some cards. They bring in, you know, they brought in Charlie Huff to throw up the first pitch this last weekend. And um, Ruben Sierra caught it, you know, and, and, you know, two of their better players in the, in the eighties, uh, you know, the nineties will be a big one for them. But fans are getting educated. I think you know they, they're 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 probably fans who didn't realize they're you know before Global Life Field was at the current ballpark, Global Life Global Life Park. Mm-hmm. They're probably fans who don't realize there's a there's a ballpark well before that. So um, you know you got to educate the young group group. I think, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's MVP winners. Uh, this team's never this yeah. this franchise ever won a Cy Young award. They, they've, they've done pretty good in the MVP department. Uh, you know, Nolan Ryan, of course, is, is, is probably the, pe- the the player people think of most, even though he, he only spent four or five seasons with them. Uh, he did so many great things at 5,000 strikeout, at sixth and seventh, no hitter. So um, he, he's a legend here. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of – you're right. There's a lot of good players. And, you know, Yvonne Rodriguez, Hall of Famer. Peter nice. Belcher is about to be a Hall of Famer. So, um People are. This is this is a big year for the fans. I think. Yeah, it's always you know uh, the Mets are celebrating. Well, they're not really celebrating. I, it's kind of a weird thing. This is our sixtieth year. Sixty, yeah. They're not really. It doesn't seem to be any you know big sixtieth year thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, uh, I'm not explaining it right, but you know what I mean? There's no, yeah, yeah, no yeah. push towards it or anything. And the biggest thing is they're bringing back old-timers day. So, That's <laughs> cool. Know, which is, it is cool, you know, because uh, they haven't had it in a number of years. And I remember as a kid, I used to love going to old-times day and seeing these guys uh, from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, and sure. you know, uh, you see, that, you know, it wasn't great. They couldn't play that well, but uh, <laughs> you know, you read about these legends, and and I think it's it's great when a team does that. And uh, you know, as we were saying, when I was thinking about the, the Rangers and doing a little research, it just. Uh, I, I said, wow, you know, what a great history they had. I mean, they've been to the World Series, unfortunately, uh, weren't successful, but they've yeah. been there, and it and it's really not that long ago. Uh, 10 years, yeah, or 11 yeah. years was the last one, yeah. And uh, they've always uh, had a decent team, but struggled, and they always seemed to run up against the Yankees, and that was the, right. their stumbling block, you know. And yeah, now I guess it's uh, Houston, but those 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 three division series in the late nineties, I think the Rangers went one and nine against the Yankees. So, um, and then you know they won, actually won the very first game. At Yankee Stadium, and then they, they lost nine straight over yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so when they beat the Yankees in 2010 in the ALCS, it was a huge deal, you know, and it was 
uh, again, you know, symbolism, whatever you want to say. And, you know, right. Alex Rodriguez, who the Rangers had signed in 2001, uh, those winter meetings in 2000, you know, he made the last out, struck out looking. And so it was kind of <laughs> like, you know, hey, they're finally, they finally you know, can stomp on that Yankee ghost that's been on him. But, uh, yeah, you know, Ferguson Jenkins played for the, the Rangers. Burt Blylevin, yes. Gaylord Perry, uh, you know, we mentioned Nolan Ryan, of course. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, well, you know, love him or leave him. Uh, Josh Hamilton, Adrian Beltre, Michael Young was a seven-time All-Star. Yeah. So there's some good players that have gone come through this this uh, franchise. Yeah, it certainly has, and uh, the you know they should be uh, rewarded uh, for their uh, you know uh, what they've done in the past, and and hopefully people should learn. I mean, I, I big believe that. If you're a fan of a team, you should learn about its history, sure. uh, you know, uh, before, uh, uh, not before you go, but, you know, it, uh-huh. it does help to understand the team and, and uh, yeah. the game itself. Learn the, learn the history of it because it's it's rich and it's full of uh, greatness. So For sure. Uh, that's what they should learn. Um, going forward now, what will uh, the Rangers, do you think, what will they do at the uh, but before the trade deadline? Uh, what will they be looking for? Probably uh, like everybody else in existence looking for starting pitching and yeah. bullpen relief, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know that they'll uh, try to, unless something happens over the next month. I don't, you know, I don't know that they'll be buyers. I don't think they'll be sellers. I don't think they really don't think they have a lot to sell, honestly. Um, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to to pull off a deal that would help them for the next couple seasons. Try to find a controllable starting pitcher, a controllable uh, outfielder. Uh, they could use a corner outfielder who um, will definitely be an upgrade. You know, they they did this in 2015 when they traded for Cole Hamels. At the time, they, at the time, you know, the rumor started. They were five games under 500, and it was pretty clear that it wasn't for that year. But then Hamels comes over, and the, you know, the Rangers get hot and end up winning the division, going to the postseason. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but the plan was, hey, Cole Hamels is going to be under control for three more years. You Darvish was hurt in 15, and so the thought was, well, when, when you Darvish comes back and Cole Hamels, that'll be that'll be the Rangers' chance, and. Um, they did win the division in, in 16. They fell flat in the, in the postseason, but um, that, that kind of deal wouldn't surprise me if they were to, if they were to go try to get a guy who, who's going to be around for two, three years after, after this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the Mets are probably in a similar situation. They're going to be looking for depth in their starting pitching and mm-hmm. um, some bullpen help and, and, uh, Maybe we got to do something about our DH as well. It's 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 a spot that's not doing very well, and um, mm-hmm. but I think I read somewhere the numbers are down throughout baseball in the DH, sure. especially in the National League this year. So um, we shall see what what you know. Everybody's in the same boat, it seems. Um, will they be will Will they be content to stay close and and? figure that, that in the offseason they'll try to make the moves maybe that'll put them over the hump or 
yeah. you know, will they be? Uh, I'm sure they'd be happy with a wild card slot. Oh yeah, they'd be they'd be thrilled with that. But you know, they're still a, a game under 500 at this point. You know, and you got uh, Boston and, and Toronto. Uh, I'm I'm ex- I'm suspecting the, the White Sox will get pretty hot. You know, the Indians are good. The the Twins are good. Yeah. So the, you know, yeah. there are. There are some teams that are definitely better than the rest of the AL West, and uh, it, it might be a long shot. Um, now, and, you know, you get in the tournament, you never know. But um, I would think that they'll be conservative. They, you know, they, their their farm system is is greatly improved from the last few seasons, and they really believe that these guys are are going to help them in the in the very near future. Like their their best player, uh, best minor league position player. Was supposed to be the starting third baseman this year. His name is Josh Young. He ended up uh, having shoulder surgery, so he's not going to be around for a while. You know, they've got um, Jack Leiter, who's at Double A. They have a couple pitchers at Triple A, who they think are, are are really close. So, you know, their their investment pitching wise, honestly, next offseason might be to extend Martin Perez, who's just here on a one year deal. So mm-hmm. you would have Gray Perez, Dane Dunning, and then you can kind of throw it up to. Uh, a group of guys, but you know, you got to have the financial uh, flexibility so that you can go out and get guys. So you got to have these young guys who are making the league minimum, you know, and you, you know, you look at everybody's wants to grow homegrown starting pitching and uh, you know, you know, the A's, the Moneyball team, you know, I mean, everybody thinks Billy Bean was this genius and he, he you know, he did some very good things, but he also had three homegrown pitchers uh, you know, <laughs> Zito, Mulder, and Hudson, who pretty much carried that team. So uh, that's what you want. You know, you're affordable. You don't have to worry about losing them. And um, it, it helps you balance the budget, so to speak, so that you can go get a piece if you need it. And um, right. so the Rangers, but the Rangers need to give these guys a chance because you don't want to see them become stars somewhere else. Right. That's it. Uh, well, Jeff, it should be an interesting uh, series coming up. Uh, yeah. Mets take on the Texas Rangers this weekend at City Field, and uh, I want to thank you for your time. Tell the people oh, where they can it. listen to your podcast and uh, read your stuff. Okay. Um, if you go to rangerstoday.com, uh, that's probably <clears throat> like the central nervous system because you can link to – there are links to the podcasts there. Um, if you want to go search YouTube for uh, – Texas Rangers baseball podcast or Rangers today baseball pad podcast works too. Uh, it'll come up. Um, yeah, we have a lot of minor leaguers on there, uh, but we've had some big leaguers join us some front office guys. So um, this is my 15th year covering the team. So they, they seem a little bit comfortable with me. They seem to trust me a little bit to come on. So, uh, <laughs> so that's good. That's good. But yeah, yeah no, we have a, we have a good time. You know, it's, it's laid back. You know, we just, we just talk about ball. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's the best way to do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you talk the ball. Yeah, that's right. Nobody wants to be lectured. <laughs> well, again, uh, I want to thank you for coming on today and taking the time. And uh, good luck to the Rangers uh, this weekend and the rest of the season. Well, I mean, I, it, it's been a lot better. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I know the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I'll be right back after this. (laughs) 
516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings It's time to go down. <laughs> and on the farm this week, it appears that um, a lot of the uh, the leagues have changed their uh, have completed their first half and have reset their standings for the second half. So we're not going to go into it this week uh, with the numbers, uh, but just to uh, let you know that uh, Brett Batty has put up an impressive performance the last week or so. He hit his eighth home run of the season and reached base three times. In a loss, the Rumble Ponies had a four-game winning streak uh, ended with that loss, but uh, uh, Brett Batty had a big night. And him and uh, Mauricio and Alvarez continue to lead the Binghamton offense. And, and good news, that's good news for Met fans because, you know, that's three of their top prospects. And they are the guys getting the job done at Double A and uh, could bode well. Maurizio is really coming into his own this year. Of course, Alvarez we knew about, uh, and and uh, Beatty we kind of knew about. Uh, but they're all coming into their own and playing some good baseball, especially offensively. So um, that's good news. The Cyclones had their own four-game winning streak snapped on Tuesday, collecting only three hits and two runs on a night. Both of those runs came in the second inning on a triple from Jose Peroza, who continues to uh, play well for the Cyclones. And St. Lucie, the Mets have hit some rough time. Uh, they snapped a seven-game losing streak on Tuesday, and they have a disappointing 2-9 and nine record since clinching the Florida State League Eastern Division title uh, part one, first half, on June 15th. The Mets scored the six runs in the seventh, flipped the script, and overcome a four-run deficit. So, um, the second half of the uh, minor league season uh, is beginning, and other than St. Lucie, the story was not good for the Mets. Though the team showed some improvement towards the end and into the beginning of the 
second half, and we'll have more on that next week and uh, more of the standings and whatnot uh, once they get into it a little bit. The uh, AAA, I don't think, has reached their halfway point yet, so they're still continuing with their old standings. But, uh, you know, there are some prospects there, and there are some pitching prospects lower down. Around Brooklyn, maybe even St. Lucie starting off uh, a couple sprinkled here and there. Uh, so we'll see how it how it uh, all plays out. May become important because of the upcoming trading deadline, and um, the Mets need to do some stuff. So we'll see how that all works out. You know, there's talk about bringing up Francisco Alvarez instead of having him catch. Maybe just leave him in as the DH to get his bat going. Uh, I don't know. That could be a dangerous proposition because if he fails, you know, it, it, sometimes it can affect you as a young man. And you don't want to uh, uh, have him uh, go out of a season, end the season on a bad note. Or he could be spectacular. And. You know, and, and then that opens up other possibilities. We'll see what happens as we get closer to the trading deadline. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for watching and, and listening. If you're listening to the audio podcast of this, uh, I want to thank my guest, Jeff Wilson of Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast and RangersToday.com for coming on and talking about the uh, the Texas Rangers that we, we do not see a lot of that team. So uh, it was great to talk to him and to find out a little bit more about this upcoming series between the Mets and the uh, Texas Rangers. So we're going to end it there. And uh, please hit the like and subscribe button no matter where you are. And we would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, remember to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. <laughs>